0: Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows.
0: Currently, we're on season two. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode.
1: This week, we're discussing season two, episode four, The Devil's Music. It originally aired on October 21st, 1999, and had 5.32 million viewers, over a million less than the previous episode.
0: And that's like sad to me because like last episode was a good episode. Why did people stop watching after last episode? I know!
1: I was thinking the same thing when I, I mean, I didn't know that until I just said it, but that was what came in my mind, too. That's so sad.
0: And, like, I think this is another good one. Like, I think season two is already off to a hot streak with these first four episodes, so.
1: Right? I, I have to say the same thing. And I just want to point out, I have, like, I, there's so many moments in this episode that I just absolutely love. Like, for some reason, the the power of women in this episode really stood out to me. And I mean, I guess I'll explain when we get to that. But also, the Daryl and Prue of this episode, magical.
0: Yes. I, I absolutely loved Daryl in this episode.
1: Loved it. Loved it.
0: I was just going to say, like, I've never thought of myself as having a crush on Daryl before. But like, after this episode, I'm like, yo,
1: And this is even, like, the episode or an episode where I could see what you were talking about, like, if if the times were different, like, would Prue and Daryl end up together? Because in this episode, like, with their chemistry, I could totally see it happening.
0: Yeah, me too. So we open up the episode, and we're at P3, and the place is very dead. There are, like, maybe ten people in the whole club, and two people are about to leave. And then we see Prue and Phoebe are sitting together at a table, And they're talking about this offer that Prue received from a guy named Chris Barker, who they can get a loan from. And Phoebe says, well, when do we tell Piper? And she says, not until the club is in the black. That's when Piper comes up to them and she asks if they like the name of the club, which is P3, a little nod to the power of three, to us partners. And Phoebe says that it's very clever. And then she points out that the club is a little bit quiet. (laughs) <laughs> and Piper's like it'll pick up once word of mouth kicks in and Phoebe's kind of like well when would that be and you know Piper's like well it takes time it's not like we're the loan is going to get called back and we're going to lose the house and Piper leaves and then Phoebe's kind of like to Prue, are we going to lose the house and Prue's like no we're going to take that loan and then we're going to trust Piper to pack the place with people and Phoebe's like what people where is everybody
1: I don't have too much to say. It's just, like, I mean, it's a good little intro. It's dead as hell in there. I love the name P3 for the club. I think that was so clever.
0: Me too. And I know, like, in last episode, I wrote it in my notes because we already saw the sign, but I like that we get the little, like, background information on why Piper named it P3, and I think it's a really cute name.
1: Yeah, I agree, 100%.
0: And, you know, the worry about the place not getting off to the start. They want it to make sense because, you know, it is hard to start a business. So I like that they're kind of bringing that bit of reality into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially bars and clubs. Like, even now, they're a really hard business, like, to maintain, you know.
0: Yeah. Because uh, a lot so of them much... go
1: under really quickly.
0: Yeah, because so much of it kind of depends on either, A, having, like, some type of, like, event or something that's going to draw people in. Or B, already having regulars who are coming all the time.
1: Exactly. And this was like, I mean, 90s, early 2000s was when the club scene was really big. I feel like at a peak.
0: Yeah, no, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of the ones I've listened to is a bunch of people who worked at like Nightlife in New York City in like the late 90s to like the mid 2000s and how much like that has kind of changed in the last few years like a lot of them left new york city to go start clubs in vegas because of the way new york city has changed since then but this Mm -hmm. is kind of the height of like big city club life is exactly period
1: yeah so and like and it still wasn't even that easy to (laughs) maintain something like this and it's only gotten worse from there like harder
0: yeah definitely
1: but um good luck to piper (laughs) yes (laughs) So now we are outside this other club, which is called the Butterflies Cocoon. And a line of people are standing outside it. It's very, you can see that it's very packed right now. And that Dishwalla is playing tonight. And then inside the club, we see the band playing, and Leo is walking through the crowd. Our boy Leo is back. And in the back room, we see a girl in her like early twenties going into a room back there with a guy, and he tells her he's the band's new manager and she's excited and saying how she can't believe he picked her and he said well you seemed like a good soul plus you said the magic words you said you'd do anything remember and he tells her to wait inside and the band will be down any minute and he opens another door and closes it behind her and then we see the girl inside the room looking around asking if someone is there And outside the door, the manager says, hurry up, damn it, like whispers it to himself. And then we see her turn around and see something in the room and she screams. And then back on the stage, we see the band is still playing and no one can hear her uh, screaming. And then the manager opens the door and goes into the room and sees the girl is gone. And he says, okay, that's it. No more. I can't keep doing this. It's got to stop. And then a figure appears out of the wall and in a demonic voice says, we have a pact you get what you want and I get what I want and we hear screams and like inside his chest it's like almost transparent and you can see heads of like people inside of him moving around really gross looking um good CGI though and then the manager just looks super disturbed looking at this
0: yes (laughs) so I mean obviously we get the idea that Something is going on with this band manager and this demon, and Leo must have some knowledge of it, and that's probably why he's at this club right now. Mm-hmm, and
1: I can't wait to see how they play uh, kind of the band into Piper's club and her problems that she's having. Also, is this like—so I know Dishwala is a real band, and I know that you and I have discussed how they do a lot of live music Or had done a lot of live music at that time to kind of spread artists around and make more money off of that. But this one's a little different. Like, they kind of have it throughout the whole episode. Like, Dishwalla is a theme, you know?
0: Yeah. um, I think this, because, you know, this is the first musical act they really have on the show. So I think mm-hmm. part of it is that they are not sure how they're go- exactly they're going to work the bands into the episodes yet, because I think we'll see later on, not really to get into spoilers, but we usually have the band appear once, usually towards the end of the episode and play one song, maybe two. But I believe we have three or four Dishwalla songs in this episode, and they keep coming up over and over again.
1: Yeah, it's like sponsored by them.
0: <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah,
1: but yeah. Be- I think I understand, though, because when they make these deals it's not like they can make every episode about a new band so it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked so i guess they were kind of testing the waters in some sort of way figuring out how they're gonna include them in um the episodes
0: yeah and i think having like such high involvement in this episode makes sense because again it is the first band they're having and it's kind of setting up the club to be successful as a live music venue
1: true yeah, it makes sense here.
0: And also, you know, their, like, manager is involved with the evil of the episode. So that makes it work. Yeah, too. that
1: was cool how they did that.
0: So then we have the theme. And then afterward, you know, as usual, we play that little, like, scenes from San Francisco. And while that's playing, we see that, a Dishwalla song. It's the Dishwalla song that I actually knew before watching this episode. I think it's their most famous song. But yeah, so we hear that. And I thought that was cute too, because usually it's like random music that plays during those intros. So I liked that it was a song by the band who is featured in the episode. And then it actually ties right into the next scene, where we hear this radio DJ saying that that was Dishwallis counting blue cars, and that they and their manager Jeff Carlton are in his studio as guests, and they're going to be announcing all the clubs they're performing at on their tour. And then we see Jeff Carlton walk out of a door into the hall just as Leo is walking in. He asks Leo if he knows where the bathroom is, and Leo says yeah, but instead he takes him to like this little corner, and then he blows like this dust at him, which is a really bad special effect, but we'll just pretend it wasn't.
1: Yeah, I know. The little, the little ding and like the, the diamond shape in the air was a bit <laughs> much to me.
0: And, like, it literally just, like, looked, like, really bad, like, tacked on afterwards CGI. Like, why didn't they just have him actually, like, blow something at him?
1: I know, know? it would have made so much more It would have looked so
0: much more realistic. Like, it just didn't look right.
1: Yeah. Also, another thing I wanted to point out real quick, Leo is in this episode and still not in the theme. Like, we've watched four episodes of season two and he's already been in two of them
0: yeah that's what I'm saying and like like
1: this is so weird
0: if we think about it Daryl has been in the same number of season two episodes as Leo has and he's in the theme
1: yeah so a little confusing to me but uh maybe we'll I don't know maybe this is it (laughs) this is his last (laughs) appearance in season two who freaking knows
0: yeah who knows not me I'll just say that after because like not that I've never like listened to Dishwalla songs before. I have like I know the counting blue cars, but since I watched this episode, I've been listening in to until I wake up on repeat. So it definitely inspired <laughs> me to listen to some of their songs. So it was in it that way.
1: <laughs> it definitely works. There's a lot of songs that I've um discovered because of this show. Yeah. Um like the cranberries. That's how oh, I found I out about the, the cranberries. cranberries. I can't believe the them. Me too. That's how I started listening to them was because of Charmed when I first saw it when I was younger. It was like, banger. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now we are at P3 and on a screen it's showing like all of the expenditures for the club. And it shows that they are 24k in debt and Piper is looking at it and she's like, this is bad. Then the door opens upstairs and Jenny walks in. And she asks what Jenny's doing there, and she's Jenny's like, "Am I breaking the law right now, being underage and all?" Piper's like, "No, we're not open. Actually, I don't know, but uh, what's your point, Jenny?" And Jenny asks if she did come when they were open, if she would have her, if Piper would have her arrested. And she's like, "I need a ticket to the show." Piper's like, "What show?" And Jenny's like, "It's all over the radio. I have to see them. If I don't, I'll die." <laughs> so fucking dramatic. And Piper's, like, really confused as to what she's talking about, and then that's when Jeff Carlton, the manager of Dishwalla, walks downstairs, or, yeah, walks in, and asks if she's Piper Hallowell. He says, I have to tell you, when I heard about P-Cubed, it was as if fate had smiled upon me. Piper's like, P-3. He's like, whatever. I manage Dishwalla, and I've been looking for the right kind of place. Something small, new, intimate. The boys want to reacquaint themselves with the personal side of performing. They want to connect again. And they kind of talk a little bit more. And he gives her a contract for Dishwala to play at her club. And then Jenny gets up and she's like, Mr. Carlton, sir, do you think it would be possible for me to meet the band? I'd do almost anything. And he says, be careful what you wish for, sweetheart. And she looks confused and he just kind of like stares ahead. (laughs) i love the way they end scenes like that like i we talked about that how it just must be so awkward in that moment
0: yeah i feel like right from the beginning like jeff gives off like such creepy vibes so i don't get how he's not a suspect before this like before he becomes one but also you know i like this little interaction with jenny and piper i think jenny like she's very much her age in this scene you know like Because I remember being like a young teenager and like there's kind of that desire to like be older and do like grown-up things like go see a band at a club and stuff like that. So I totally get where she's coming from and I just think it's kind of adorable the way she's like well like would you have me arrested?
1: Yeah no I thought Jenny was pretty cute in this scene. Um, I I definitely understand where she's coming from here. I mean I've I mean we've all been in that position where we want to we want to do those things like older people would, like you said. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate her too much here. And the way she even talks to Jeff, like, Mr. Carlson, sir, kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, she just, like, she seems like even more of a little girl in these scenes. And I kind of like that. I like that, you know, we see her trying to be more grown up, but she's so clearly still a kid.
1: Yeah. And, like, doesn't see that.
0: Exactly. Which I feel like is definitely age. a
1: position Definitely a position we've all been in. Yeah. And yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing. That was pretty much that he's was such a creep and kind of like a douchebag, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But like, it's like so weird because we sleazy. see him. Yeah, but then we see him talking to this demon like he doesn't want to be doing this to people anymore, and that, and like we see him all scared and shit every time he goes around him, but.
0: Because I think he's sleazy. I don't think he's evil. And there's a difference.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But still, don't like him that much.
0: Yeah, no. Me either. But he is the bad guy, so makes sense. Yeah. So we see this, like, limo driving. And there's a man inside. And he is on the phone with Prue and talking about the loan. So obviously, this is Chris Barker. And she's talking about how she's kind of nervous about the loan. And he says... He's sure he'll see his money once her sister gets the club off the ground. He's kind of, like, saying that it's no interest, all this stuff. And she's like, no, we'll pay interest. And he says, okay, a quarter percent. And then he asks her if she will go to Paris with him for dinner. And she's kind of like, come on. And he's like, dinner in Paris is where it all begins. And she says they should just start out with the loan and then paying him back. And... He says she's a hard bargainer. She says, So are you. He says he hasn't even begun to fight and then asks about Paris again. And she tells him to stop. And he's like, Never. I'll see you at the club with the money. And she's like, Okay, bye bye. And she's up.
1: I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah. Even from, I mean, we're going to have more reason later, but even from just the first scene, like, also seems a bit douchey and. I don't like the way that he's kind of pressing Prue. Like, we, as girls, we know what it's like in that moment to, like, like, you don't want to reject them in a mean way, but then they're so pushy and, like, just don't take the hint, and you're like, okay, like, stop, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's also very clear that the reason he's, like, offering her this no-interest loan is because he wants something else in return for the loan, not exactly. the money.
1: I just, I I find it. I just found him very gross and uh.
0: yeah no he is even sleazier than Jeff Carlton because he's more of like a sexually skeezy type of person like
1: agreed 100%
0: and like you can tell that he's the type of guy who's like just used to because he has a lot of money like people do what he wants and stuff
1: yeah and I hate people like that
0: entitled I believe is the word for it
1: oh yeah if anyone's he's entitled if i've ever seen it (laughs) all right so now we are in the manor in the kitchen and pru walks over to phoebe and tells her that it's all set with chris barker and phoebe's like we're doing the right thing aren't we and pru's like well we're helping out our sister that's always the right thing right and then piper walks in yelling and she's like guess what i did guess what i did all by myself Dishwala, my club playing there tonight i networked i sent out feelers sent off press releases and dishwalla decided to put p3 on their schedule p3 has officially been validated as the place to be we are on the map and i couldn't have done it without you patient most generous sisters in the whole wide world and wraps her arms around them and kisses them on the cheek she's just all excited it's such a cute little moment And then the doorbell rings and Piper goes to get it and sees it's Leo and she hugs him and she's like, this day just keeps getting better. Hi. And he tells her they need to talk and she asks if he's free tonight Um, and he's like, better be because you're my date. We have backstage passes, all access, baby, to see Dishwala at P3. I made it happen. And he says, "Uh, no, actually, I made it happen. And then Pru and Piper walk in. And he tells her that there's a demon involved and that he'll be at the club tonight. Says that he cast a spell on Jeff to go see her and book them at the club. Pru asks why he didn't just come to them. And Piper's like, because he knows I would have been pissed off. What are you doing? Leo's like, my job. She's like, your job? What are we like, Leo's witches now? We're supposed to kill a demon during a sold out concert? And he's like, Piper. She's like, no, anywhere else, Leo, but not there. Not my place. And she turns away she's obviously very upset and then Leo tells them Jeff made a powerful deal with Maslin who's the demon in exchange for a human for human sacrifice he'll make him rich and powerful by attracting successful bands to them. The band knows nothing about the demon and Prue asks what happens to all the innocents. and apparently Maslin consumes them for their souls and the more he collects the more successful Jeff becomes. And that they need to free the souls and then destroy the demon. And Piper says, all this freeing and destroying, is this between sets or during the encore? And he goes over to Piper and tells her he knows she's upset. And she says, no, like, I'm furious. He's like, we have to talk. She goes, you bet your white letter ass we do. And then he says, later, I have to go. And she rolls her eyes and he orbs out. And Phoebe's like, see, now this is why you should never date a coworker and like laughs. And she's like, it was just a joke. Prue smiles, but Piper is very clearly annoyed. She's like, how could he do this? Phoebe's like, well, it doesn't, it sounds like he didn't have a choice. And quite quite frankly, I don't think we do either. And Prue says she needs to go to the office and talk to an investor. But under her breath to Phoebe, she says that it's Barker and Phoebe nods. So I felt so bad for Piper in this scene.
0: Yeah because like we see her all excited in that first part of the scene where she's like I worked so hard and like this is paying off for me and then like to have you know and I think this is something about like you know women wanting to do things for themselves especially and then kind of like Leo kind of taking that away from her even though that's not his intention like. She wanted this success. She wanted to do everything on her own and prove she could do it and that she didn't need anyone to help her. She just needed them to believe in her. Mm -hmm. And like having, finding out that Leo set this up obviously would feel like a betrayal to her because that takes away everything she was feeling about finally being a success because this starting her own business and making something that's hers is so important to Piper right now. And Leo has to know that. And I think that's why, She's taking all this so hard here.
1: Yeah, she must have, like, she had to have mentioned it to him before. I mean, we've known for a while how important this is to her. And like you said, like, that's just got to be so disappointing. Like, the biggest betrayal that she's been working so hard and she was looking forward to this, so excited, thinking that she finally did it, just to find out that it was all staged. And on top of that, that he's bringing, like, we know Piper is the one who kind of, dislikes being a witch the most you know what I mean not that she doesn't like it but out of all of them she's very she she wants the normal life I feel like the most and I think she also felt like her club was going to be a safe space for that and the fact that Leo's bringing this demonic stuff and supernatural stuff in her club I think that really hurt her too
0: yeah yeah and, like, the idea that, like, something going wrong with this can hurt her business, right? Because that's Yeah, true. exactly.
1: Anyways, I love her attitude towards Leo. And, I mean, I like Phoebe's little crack about the not dating co-workers and just Piper's annoyance. Like, it was, it was played out very well, I think.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the chemistry between all four of them and the scene is working really well. And I'm really excited to talk about more of, like, piper's kind of like annoyance with leo and how it keeps coming up throughout the episode
1: yeah i agree so this next scene we're gonna be acting it out
0: (laughs) yes um i really liked this scene so i wanted to like go full out in it would you like to be jeff or would you like to be daryl
1: oh god i don't know you choose
0: i want to be daryl (laughs) okay (laughs) okay so We're outside the Butterfly Club, and people are bringing in instruments and things, and Daryl is standing to the side with Jeff, and he's asking him about one of the missing women, the one we saw the night before. Her name is Tina Hitchens, and Daryl says that she's been missing since last night when she came to this club, and Jeff kind of tells one of the guys that they're going to P3 and that the address is on the front seat, and now we'll get into the scene. So I'm Daryl, and Mia is going to be Jeff you're playing p3 piper hallowell's place
1: yeah so i don't have a lot of time
0: well you got time for this and he pulls out a picture of the girl
1: i answered your question
0: i didn't ask one
1: you asked me if i saw tina whoever
0: i don't believe i did did you what see her
1: i didn't see anybody inspector
0: and daryl tells him to look at the photo again
1: Listen, do you have any idea how many girls like that show up to something like this? Hundreds of them. Thousands of them. And they all look the same. Short skirts. Tight tops. Like sexy little peas in a pod.
0: So what difference does it make if one of them disappears?
1: I didn't say that.
0: You didn't have to.
1: Why aren't you out hassling her boyfriend?
0: Did that already. Now I'm hassling you.
1: I haven't seen her. What's with the Gestapo routine?
0: It tends to follow the acting like a suspect routine.
1: Am I under arrest?
0: Not yet. He pulls out another photo. Melanie Jenkins. No. Brittany Tyler.
1: None of them. Never saw them.
0: They all disappeared from clubs all around the country. Clubs your band played in. That doesn't concern you?
1: Not in the slightest. If we're done here, see you around.
0: And he leaves and Daryl nods and says, count on it. And then he walks away.
1: Absolutely love the scene.
0: (laughs) Me too. And like, I literally wrote in my notes, I'm like, I'm so attracted to Daryl in this scene. Like everything about his interaction, I'm just like, whoa, hot.
1: It's nice to see like guys who um, take things a little more seriously and and aren't (laughs) creepy, I guess. Like, Jeff is so creepy and doesn't care. He makes that little disgusting comment about sexy little peas in a pod and, like, doesn't really have any concern about these girls. And Daryl's, like, over here fighting for them. And I really respected that about him.
0: Yeah and I remember like I feel like I'm seeing a difference in the writing for Daryl's character this season because I remember last season there were some comments that he was making where I was like like that's misogynistic but now I'm seeing like him defending women and I'm like I'm into it I like it.
1: Yeah I think Daryl did so well in this episode and this scene was amazing like they both played the part so well Daryl fighting for them and like Determined to get to the bottom of this. And like, I love how they both have something to say. Like, he's always got a response to anything Jeff set, like, throws at him. It's just so perfect. It works so
0: well. Yeah. Like, there's really good pacing and just like interaction in this scene. Like, the chemistry is there. The acting is fantastic. And the scene itself, I mean, the writing is strong too.
1: Yeah. Aside from the acting and everything in this scene there's not too much else going on, except that we know Jeff Carlton, and it like people are starting to catch on to what's happening here.
0: Yeah, definitely, we see kind of like the police are picking up on what's going on, so he's not gonna stay safe forever.
1: Exactly. Now we are back at the manor in the attic, and Phoebe and Piper find Masalyn in the book, and Piper says, there's Leo's problem. And Phoebe's like, it's our problem. And she's like, you want to know the real problem? And Phoebe's like, oh, do tell. Piper says, never mind. She's like, thank you. And then Piper asks how the how to vanquish him. And Phoebe starts to look. And then Piper goes, and what was with that attitude? Phoebe's like, what attitude? She's like, Leo. It was like he was angry that I was angry. I have a right to be angry, don't I? I don't want to talk about it. And then Phoebe's like, then don't. And they're looking at the book again and they try and they find out that the souls are tortured and kept alive inside of Maslin and they realize they need to get close to the manager to get close to Maslin and feed him the potion. Piper says well I'm already close and as far as we know I'm a willing trusting soul, a sucker, someone who falls for a quick line from a pretty face. (laughs) And Phoebe's like will you please stop that and Piper's like you're right finally it was the least of my worries. And Phoebe says they'll worry about that tomorrow because they need to stop the demon tonight. Piper's like, I don't think I can wait that long. He was <laughs> <laughs> like, Well, you're going to have to. And that's the end of that scene.
0: So I really like this scene. I like the way that, you know, Piper's clearly not over what happened with Leo. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it but keeps talking about it because I feel like that's exactly what I do when I'm upset I'm like I don't want to talk about it but then I just keep saying things about it anyway so I related to that
1: I'm the same exact way the way she obsesses about it and like thinks about it and then like I'm you know when like you're upset and then you're like you don't want to keep bugging people about it but then you remember something else that like also doesn't make sense or also was kind of fucked up that happened and you're like well wait a minute also this also this and like I'll keep thinking about it and saying stuff and I'm the exact same way I'll just obsess about these things
0: yeah no same so hard like it's very
1: yeah very relatable Piper in this episode like with all the things that continue on like this
0: all right so then we're at the club and we're in the back room and jeff walks in and we see mazelin appear on the wall and he's like the cops are asking questions and you know what they're not going to catch you no sir they're going to catch me and he's like i'm out and the demon growls and jeff continues he's like i'm done with it no more souls the pact the agreement is now officially null and void and then the demon like sets him on fire and he's like burning and screaming and then the demon like puts out the flames and jeff is totally fine like nothing ever happened and he's like you will honor your agreement mr carlton then he gets like super campy and is like you will bring me more souls Uh," and it's just like too much but
1: yeah it's it's a bit much there but you know it works i guess okay so now we are at buckland's and barker is in prue's office and he says, so what you're telling me is that you no longer need a white knight to rescue you and your sisters from debt. Prue's like, no. He goes, but we have a deal. She says what we had was an agreement to make a deal, and I no longer agree. And he asks if this has to do with Dishwalla playing at P3, and says that hearing about that showed him that um, the club is a diamond in the rough. And so he thinks the club is going to be very successful. So he went to the bank and offered to pick up their loan. And Prue is clearly unhappy. She's like, you didn't. And he asked to be put on the guest list with a plus one so he can see what he's buying. And Prue's like, okay, I am asking you nicely for your own sake. Do not go through with this. He says, is that a threat, Miss Hallowell? Be careful. You could be jeopardizing a very profitable relationship. And he asks again for passes and a booth and leaves. So couple things. Obviously, we're going to get into the fact that he is just such a douchebag in this scene and showed his true colors real quick. But also, is that allowed for someone else to go to your bank and like put a loan through?
0: I'm pretty sure not, because then anyone could just steal anyone's business at any time and just be like, you it know wouldn't... What, I have all this money, so I'm just going to buy their business out from under them? Like, that's not how that works.
1: That's what I was thinking. Like, it didn't make any sense to me that...
0: Like, if he was a partner with them, maybe he could do it, but he's not. He's in no way involved.
1: Yeah, and unless they already, like, discussed it with their bank, I can't imagine that this like, would be like sure possible for
0: him to do that his name would have to be on their loan which it isn't
1: right right so yeah that definitely doesn't make any sense to me at all
0: but overall what
1: an asshole, dude like if we if we make another top 10 list he's definitely going to be up there oh yeah and like, for the worst whole, guys
0: like, white knight thing like okay this oh how he referred
1: to himself as that
0: it's kind of like when guys refer to themselves as a nice guy like you know the second someone says that they are not a nice guy
1: yeah you that's pretty much clear as soon as they say that like you're obviously a cocky bastard like referring to yourself as a white knight like that was so disgusting to me
0: yeah I feel like more and more throughout the episode he's just showing off like how entitled he is, how he uses money to get what he wants and, like, isn't used to taking no for an answer.
1: Yeah, and, like, still has this confidence. Like, I think a lot of it, too, is, like, he's obviously annoyed because he didn't get, he didn't get Prue, which is what he wanted. Like, he wanted to get Prue, and he knows that he can't win her with the money, and now he's just being an asshole because of it. Like, I feel like a lot of guys handle rejection this way where they take it out on the girl just because they just happen to not be interested you know what I mean yeah and I hate that because it's such a common thing to happen
0: and it's like one of those things where like everyone gets rejected like just move on yeah exactly like you don't need to try to destroy someone's life and steal their business just because they won't go to Paris with you
1: exactly like it's disgusting and it happens so much in real life too you know like Maybe not to that extreme, but you know what I mean. It's like.
0: Like the retaliation of it, yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: So then we're at the manor and we're in the kitchen and Piper and Phoebe are making the potion and going over their plan. Phoebe's plan is to put the potion in a balloon to get it down the demon's throat and she's going to use herself to get close to Jeff and Mazeline. Piper thinks it's dangerous, but she says, you know, that Piper and Prue will be there to back her up, so she'll be fine. Piper goes to put something in the blender and is saying like I hate him and Phoebe's like of course you hate him he's a demon wait we are talking about the demon right he didn't even have the decency to ask me first I mean can you believe him he acts as if we've never even had a relationship before like it was just business and then she like turns on the blender without putting the lid on so Phoebe does it for her and then Piper continues on she's like and I saw the future too you know Leo and I get married. A marriage in the future implies some sort of relationship in the present. The question is, where's the relationship? And, you know, Phoebe's like, somewhere between confusing and complicated. Just talk to him, honey. It'll be okay. And Piper says, I'd rather just freeze him and kick him in the... And then the bell rings. And she's like, that better not be him. And as she starts leaving, Phoebe's like, in the shins? And Piper's, uh, Piper's like, not exactly. So as far as you know this little scene, I like the way that you know Piper's still stuck on what happened and kind of going off about it still I like that I think it's cute I think it's funny. I like their plan it seems smart to me so I'm interested to see what's going to happen next with that.
1: Pretty much just said everything pretty much said it all. (laughs) I mean I feel the same way definitely comedic and I can't wait to see what happens with the plan. And what happens with Piper and Leo, the way she continues to obsess about this is very, very funny to me. Yeah. Okay, so now we are in the doorway, Piper answering the door. And it's Dan. And he asks if he can talk to her and asks her if she said that Jenny could see Dishwalla because she said that Piper said it was all right. And Piper's like, well, I didn't exactly tell her it wasn't, but things were happening kind of fast. Dan's like, well, she's in her room right now picking out clothes. And Piper's like, oh, God, okay, I'll go talk to her. And she opens the door again to go next door. And Leo's standing in the doorway. So now it's Dan, Leo, and Piper. He says that he wanted to talk, but he notices that Dan is standing there. And she goes to introduce them to each other. But Leo already knows who Dan is. And he's like, he used to play second base for the Mariners. He had an all-star season going until he blew out his niece lighting in a home. I still think you were safe. And he Dan's like, so do I. And smiles and Leo introduces himself. Piper is very pissed off about this and says, you follow baseball. You have time to follow baseball, but you don't have time to tell me about you know what before you know who shows up you know where. And Dan starts to say, like, if you guys need to talk, I can leave. And she says they don't need to talk. And then says that Leo stops by occasionally to fix things. Phoebe can show him around. And that's when Phoebe walks in to the, like, entryway. And she says that, and Piper turns to Dan and is like, let's go talk to Jenny. And Dan and Piper leave. And Phoebe says to Leo, she's just a little upset. And he's like, yeah, I don't blame her. Like, I love how Leo is very understanding about this whole thing. Like, you can tell he does feel really bad. But, like, I mean, he did what he had to do. I do understand where Piper's coming from, though.
0: Yeah. I do like, think he the, like, kind of way she's acting towards Leo in front of Dan, like, is a little much for me like you could tell she's trying to like really bother leo by being like oh like he's nobody whatever doesn't want like dan to know like they have a relationship basically
1: yeah super weird to me the way like it almost seemed like piper was pissed off that they were getting along Mm -hmm. and it's like why like why do you not want leo and dan to know each other like is it because you and dan have this weird like flirty thing that started last episode you know what i mean like
0: yeah i mean that's kind of what i was thinking too um i think the show wants us to see dan as like a love interest for piper already and so they are kind of pushing this like rivalry that doesn't exist between Dan and Leo to be there by making this scene like super awkward and like Piper super unhappy about them interacting
1: yeah it was a little weird it felt like it was a little too early for that kind of reaction
0: because it would be one thing if like something had actually happened with her and Dan and then she felt like awkward about him meeting Leo and was like not wanting to be in the situation and like acting weird and like out of character in it but this just didn't feel earned to me
1: yeah no it didn't feel like it it warranted like this reaction at all but it is a good interaction generally you know what I'm saying
0: yeah and I did like the way that we learned more about who Dan is in this scene by like Leo knowing because that felt like it was exposition but it wasn't like outrageous exposition that just felt added in like it felt like conversational so I liked learning about Dan's past that way
1: yeah as opposed to last episode where it's like I'm neighbor Dan I work in construction you know exactly definitely much better here
0: so then we're at Buckland's and Prue's walking down the hall and Daryl approaches her and he's being a little sassy and saying that Andy didn't teach him all the steps but asks her if she's going to P3 and that as usual he barely knows what's going on and he doesn't like it Prue says she'll explain everything to him later. And Daryl's kind of like, but you never do. I know it's all about keeping me safe and I respect that. But what do you know about Jeff Carlton? And she says she can't. He's like, this is about my job. Andy is gone, but I'm not Andy. And I'm not saying you have to tell me about everything. But when you and your sisters get involved, the whole playing field gets a little crazy. She says, yeah, and a lot more dangerous. He says, I'm a cop. Stop protecting me, Prue. And she says, you have absolutely no idea. Then Daryl says, I'm an imaginative guy. I have plenty of ideas. I even had you three working for the CIA for a while, but none of that matters. What matters is that you and I work out some kind of relationship. We're gonna need to communicate or I'm gonna become very unsociable. And she agrees. And he asks about the missing girls and Jeff Carlton and Prue says that they're working on it. And he says that he figured. She asks him to trust them and he says he does. And so she touches his shoulder, and then she leaves, and he whispers once she's gone, be careful.
1: I wish that there was a way to read this, how it went down, because the body language and the energy was everything in this scene, I felt like. Like, even the way Daryl comes up to her with his, like, right, and this is where you say Daryl, and I say Prue, and, like, I love his attitude throughout the whole thing, and when he's when she's like okay and agrees to this like how we need to work out a relationship how he kind of like calms down and he's like like thank god you know like what do like please tell me what you know and she's like like we got this one for right now and the way he trusts her because of andy and everything like this scene was just beautiful to me i absolutely loved it
0: yes me too and like this is one of those scenes between them where the chemistry is so strong and i'm just saying if this show came out now 10 years ago something would have happened between Prue and Daryl if like the network wasn't so against like interracial couples something would have happened here I don't know if it would have lasted or if it would have gone anywhere like it might have even been one of those like we have something and like they kiss once and then realize they're just friends or something but something would have happened
1: yeah no I definitely agree with you that's what I was talking about when I said that I could see it in this episode because of exactly what you just said like it It was so perfect. Their chemistry together, Daryl's energy walking in and having this conversation. Like I, I think this is my favorite scene in the entire episode. Not gonna lie. I loved it too. (laughs) Absolutely love. We're seeing more involvement from Daryl and how he wants to build this kind of relationship with them. Like it gives me the idea that maybe he will find out about them being witches and maybe like Maybe he's going to be the new, not Andy per se, but, like, he's obviously building some sort of a relationship with the girls.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be more, like, about protecting them from what's going on in the cop world and all that.
1: Exactly. Like, I, I like that they have, they have him becoming more of a main character. I can't wait to see how it develops with that, like, their relationship with him. So now we are in Jenny's room. And Jenny is picking out outfits and Piper is telling her that the state could shut her down for letting her in. And Dan starts to talk and Jenny's like, yeah, sure. Let's hear from Uncle Dan, who never in his life faked an ID or snuck into a bar, who never did anything wrong ever. And Dan's like, we're not we're talking about you. And she says that Piper said that she could go see the show. And Piper says that she never said that and that she's sorry, but she can't let her in the club. Jenny gets very like angsty about not ever being able to be in charge and she leaves the room crying and Dan starts to apologize to Piper and Piper's like she's just feeling you know betrayed and recognizes that like or recognizes that Jenny's feeling betrayed and says she knows the feeling and then Piper leaves and Dan seems a little confused.
0: Yeah. So I feel like the way Jenny's acting here, you know, very her age. I totally get it. Um, I think we've all been there. where like, we're just like frustrated about not being able to control our lives, especially as a teenager. I feel like that's such a common feeling because you're really getting to that place where you're starting to feel like an adult, but you're not an adult yet. So people are still like kind of able to tell you what to do. And it's difficult. It's like finding that balance within a family is always hard. So I get where Mm -hmm. she's coming from with the frustration there
1: yeah i've definitely been in the same situation like or had those same feelings several times as a teenager like i we've all been there
0: so then we're at p3 and prue and phoebe are walking through the club and phoebe asks if prue left passes for the investment guy she's like no way the bouncer has his orders chris Barker's not allowed in The last thing we need is for Piper to find out that she's going to lose her club. They stop talking and they change the subject to the demon just as they see Jeff walking in and getting and they start to get into their positions. He walks up to Piper and asks if the band is there and she tells him they came in the back and shows him where they are. She tells him that everything is ready and he's like it better be I don't want any problems and then he walks away and Piper's kind of like that's too bad. That's when Leo walks up and asks if she's talking to herself, and he's trying to be, like, thrilledy and smiley with her. And she's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm watching over things. That's what I do, remember? She's like, I remember when it didn't used to be a job. And he tells her it isn't easier for him either. And she says she can't talk about it right now, and she leaves. Then Phoebe and Prue are by the bar, and Phoebe is about to go talk to Jeff. She's like, keep an eye on me and proves like you're kind of hard to miss in that outfit and they both laugh and then she goes over to jeff and she's like excuse me aren't you jeff carlton and at first he seems like he doesn't want to talk but then he like looks at phoebe and gets all smiley and she's like sucking up to him and saying that she saw him on this thing on mtv and that she wants to be a music manager and he's her inspiration and she starts asking him for pointers and says that she'd do anything to get the inside scoop and he's like anything huh And then he asks if she wants to meet the band. And he takes her to the back. And Prue and Piper are watching. And then after they walk away, she starts to follow after them. I mean, they start to follow after them.
1: Okay, so I absolutely love Piper's attitude in this scene. I like the way I mean, I feel like it's being a bit overplayed with the whole, I mean, I get it, but like Leo's obviously trying here, but it's very realistic and I like seeing her. Kind of stand up for how she feels. Also, Piper looks so hot.
0: I'm in love with her hair. Dude.
1: oh my, her hair and like makeup, like the dark light. She looks amazing, and she looks hot in that dress too. Like yeah. we never see Piper looking like that. I was in love with her. Pru and Phoebe, on the other hand i was not a big fan of their outfits
0: <laughs> um i feel like phoebe's outfit if it was 1999 i might like it but like now no
1: yeah like it was somewhat cute cuter than Peru's. i mean she looks like she's wearing like a grandma's lampshade for pants you know what i'm saying like have you ever seen like an antique lampshade that looks <laughs> yes. exactly like that with the jewels and everything yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan.
0: <laughs> but I will say I like both of their hair in this scene. Both of their hair looks nice.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And, you know, as far as I like the way Phoebe's kind of like playing up and being flirty in order to get like Jeff to show her to the Masaline.
1: These guys are so easy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, now they're in the back area and Jeff is like pushing her and locking the doors behind her and pushes her into the room and shuts it and she hears creaking and looks a little scared and then piper and prue get there and notice that the door is locked so prue uses her power to open it and piper freezes jeff when they see him in there phoebe we see her in the other room backing up and Maslin appears through the wall behind her and she grabs the balloon from her purse and he disappears back into the wall. He's huge. And Peru and Piper come in and ask if she's all right and if she got him. And she says, I think we're going to need a bigger balloon. And they all walk out and Jeff unfreezes and just sees them leaving and looks very confused. I liked the pacing of that scene.
0: Yeah, I think it's put together really well. I think the yeah. shots are working. The acting's good. But it's, you know, for the most part, just pushing us to the next part of the plot. So I don't have too much to say character wise here. Agreed. All right. So then we're back in the main part of the club and the sisters are all together and Phoebe's saying he's huge, he's ugly, and I really think we need a bigger balloon. And Piper says that maybe they came in too soon and Prue says that maybe he saw the potion and like disappeared. So they talk about still needing to save the souls and defeat him and that they know that Jeff will have to deliver him someone else. They decide that they need to watch Jeff, see who he grabs, then they freeze the room and they go from there. And Piper says, I wish we could just stick his head into the toilet and make him cough up the demon. And Phoebe's like, oh, honey, you're still upset with Leo? She's like, I'm talking about Carlton. And Phoebe's like, I can't keep up. And she walks (laughs) away and Prue follows after her and then Piper goes in the opposite direction.
1: I loved that here because she's been on and off complaining about Leo and Phoebe just can't tell anymore. I thought it was so perfect.
0: Yeah, I loved that. I thought it was really funny, really clever of the writers to kind of throw that line in.
1: Yeah. Aside from that, not too much. I like their plan and I guess we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. So in the back room, Jeff is now in the room with Masalyn. And Maslin's like, you brought witches to destroy me, and Jeff swears he didn't know, and Maslin tells him to get the potion from Phoebe and then bring the witches to him, and he tells Jeff that he has to get them by tempting them with an innocent soul. Again, more more plot, I feel like.
0: Exactly, this is really just setting up. I mean, we see more of, like, Jeff's fear in this scene, but that's about it. Yeah. All right, so then we're outside of P3 and we see Jenny walking through the crowd. She's all dressed up and you could tell like by her makeup and her hair and everything that she's trying to make herself look older. At the door, we also see that Barker is standing there and he's trying to get in with his date, but the bouncer is saying he's not on the list. Then he says, try looking for G under Grant and pulls out a $50 bill. So the bouncer's like, oh yeah, Mr. Grant and lets him in.
1: So like douchey.
0: (laughs) I know. Also, like fifty dollars—that's not a lot of money. But I—I I know, like, right?
1: Ninety-nine. <laughs> I've been like, um, I'm good. thanks.
0: should have been a hundred, but right. But that's just me. Then we're inside, and Dishwalla is announced, and they start playing. Jeff is in the crowd, and he's looking around, and we see Prue by the bar. She's also looking around. Then we see Piper, and she's watching Jeff, and Leo comes up behind her. And she's like, I would wish you'd quit doing that. And he asks her, what's happening? She tells him they're on it. They're just waiting for Jeff to do something. And Leo's kind of like, you think I like this? You, like, you think I like not being with you? She's like, I know what you have to do. I always have. The question is, what do you want? What do you want to do with me, with us? Do you ever think about that? He says, all the time. And she says, do you ever want to discuss it with me? And he's like yes it's just the timing always seems and that's when they notice Daryl walking down the stairs and she says seems to suck. She tells him to hold his thought and runs over to Prue to tell her that Daryl arrived and Prue then spots Barker and is like oh boy. And then Piper asks what she's looking at she's like Daryl's over there like what are you looking at and they both walk away. Then we see that Jeff spots Phoebe and he tells security that Phoebe has something illegal in her purse and to get it out of there. So two security guys walk over and start going through her purse and they take the balloon and it spills all over her, like, I can't tell if it's like a skirt or pants or what it is.
1: It's like she's wearing pants and then has like a little skirt wrapped around her pants.
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like to me too. So anyway, the green gooey like potion stuff spills all over her and it's kind of like sizzly and they're like, what is that? And she's just kind of like, that's a huge dry cleaning bill. And then we cut over to Jeff who walks up to Jenny and says hello to her. He's like, I remember you. You're a friend of Piper Hallowell's, right? She's like, and Phoebe and Prue. We're like sisters. And he asks if she wants to meet the band and she says she'd do anything to meet them and they go together. Phoebe sees them and that's when Daryl is moving through the crowd. Barker walks up to Piper and Prue and he introduces himself and says, I'm going to be taking over everything from here on out. And Piper's like, wait, what? And that's when Daryl comes and joins the little group and tells Piper they have to talk. But Barker just keeps on saying things and Phoebe runs up and tells them that Jenny's with Jeff and she lost the potion. Daryl tells Piper that it's important that he talk to her and Barker tells him to get in line and that's when Daryl kind of like pulls out his badge and he's like, why don't you get in line? And then Piper gets stressed so she just freezes everyone. And then Phoebe points to where Jenny and Jeff are and they all run that way and things unfreeze. Then in the back room, we see Jeff push Jenny in and lock the door. Mazeline appears and Jenny screams.
1: So I love the chaos in this scene. It was so perfect, like, the timing of everybody walking in and saying things at the same time, like, everything happening. I thought it worked really well.
0: Yeah, it's a very organized chaos. I like the pacing, again, In this scene is really smooth, the way we're going from, like, Piper and Leo talking to Phoebe and the security to, like, everyone all in one group. Like, it really was effective.
1: Yeah, no, they did such an amazing job with that, I think. And another thing I noticed... I don't know if you noticed this, but the whole time they're talking and throughout that chaos, the theme song is playing in the background at the club.
0: Yeah, that's, I because I always wondered where they got that theme song when they don't use the Smith song that is normally the theme song in the original version. I always wondered where they got the theme song that they use on the streaming services, and I realized it's from this episode.
1: Wait, what do you mean?
0: Like, the original theme song isn't that one.
1: The dun na na na
0: yeah, no, that's only on streaming services because they don't have rights to the song that was when the show originally aired.
1: Wait, what was the original song?
0: It's like, I am the sun, I am the air, I am human and I need, it's a, it's a Smiths song. It's like, um, I forget the name of it. I can send it to you. Wait, how did I never, ever know that? Like if you watch it on DVD or if you watch it when it airs on TV, it's a different song. That's the theme song.
1: Oh my God, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I just, I don't know. I was really little. Maybe it's I it's just because in that all was your back.
0: recent watches, you've heard it with this theme, so you just like remember that being it. But if you watch yeah. the show either on like TNT or if you watch it like on the DVDs, like it has the original theme song in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess did I watch the last didn't two realize
0: live while they were airing, so I remember watching them on TV
1: gotcha because i was like
0: yeah I was... Mean, the show went off in 2006 you were two years old when i ended. i was 10 so
1: i also was wondering how hard it must be because i mean now that this is their club like we can assume that we're gonna be seeing more of it you know throughout the show and it's so packed in there like how did they get that many people they're all extras yeah but that's so much like I feel like that's a lot of money in the budget you know to
0: you usually don't pay extras and if you do it's very little
1: oh you don't Mm -mm. oh I I never knew that because I always wondered that when I see like big crowds of people and shows and shit I'm like how do they like keep track most an
0: extra is going to be paid like $50 for the day but a lot of times they don't even pay them. People just want it so that they have credits on their resume when they apply for acting jobs.
1: So now we see in the back room, Jeff pushes Jenny in the room and locks the door. And then Maslin appears and we see Jenny scream. And while this is going on, we see the sisters are running, following him back to the back room. And Prue stops Piper from opening the door because they don't have the potion. And Piper's like, but Jenny will die. We can't just stand here and um we see jeff in the back uh jeff is in the room when the sisters open the door and prue uses her power from her eyes instead of her hands this time to throw him back into some boxes and she says help us and jeff says he'll kill him and burn him for eternity and piper says listen up skidmark you tell us how to save jenny and get elvis out of the building or spending an eternity in hell is going to be the least of your worries so hot, so badass with Piper. And then he says there's nothing that they can do. And Piper says they can break the pact and free him from Maslin. And he says, if you go in there, he's going to swallow you whole and you'll still be alive. And Piper's like, well, that's not a bad idea. Prue says, what? And Piper has this plan for them to get eaten and for Prue to basically blow him up from the inside. And Phoebe's like, who's to say we don't lose our powers once we get in there? Maybe that's exactly what he wants. And Prue says they don't have a choice. The poison pill is gone. And Phoebe realizes that it's still on her clothes. Phoebe kicks the door open. So badass. And Masalyn appears. And he says, it's time to join your friends, witches. And we see in his stomach again, Jenny is inside now screaming for help. Super gross looking effect. And then Prue uses her power to throw the top layer of Phoebe's skirt at him. And which has the potion on it. And then green smoke appears and he starts melting and that's when barker walks in and asks what's going on and he gets hit with green goo as uh, maslin's melting and flies back to the floor as the demon explodes and then the missing women appear in like a big huddle on the floor and daryl approaches and asks what's going on the girls are letting or like helping all of the missing girls leave And and Prue's like you're arresting a kidnapper and Phoebe says and rescuing his victims good job and they walk out with the girls and Prue says trust me that's all you want to know and Daryl says I guess that's all I need to know and he handcuffs Jeff and then Prue kneels down next to Barker and says Mr. Barker here's what you need to know this place is ours the ups the downs the good and especially the bad it's all ours and if you ever bother us again you won't have to ask if I'm threatening you. And he's scared and not very happy and, like, nods at her. So, this is the scene I was talking about when I was saying I admired, like, like the power of women really stood out to me in this episode because of this, like, whole scene. I felt like they were so badass and, like, they showed how strong they could be. I mean, seeing the three of them tower over Jeff while he's, like, not knowing what to do and they have it all under control and the way like they're the ones that save them give Daryl the credit like and then she goes over to Barker and is like like you won't have to ask if I'm threatening you like stay away from us and things like that just so powerful I absolutely loved it
0: yeah and I think we see that it's not just like their physical strength and their magical powers that they have it's like their personalities and who they are that's just so like badass and so like
1: strong strong. you know yeah exactly And it was just so beautiful to see. Like, I loved seeing that from them, especially Piper here. Like, so new for Piper to be acting like that, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And then outside we see the band is still playing in the club and people are all dancing and the sisters are watching and they seem happier now. They're all happy.
0: Yep. So a nice little ending. Uh, P3 is a success and things should be going up from here business-wise. Yeah. Then we're in the manor and it's the next morning and Piper is writing checks at the table to pay all the bills at P3. Phoebe and Prue come and join her and Phoebe's like, thanks to Leo. Well, technically, if it wasn't for him, you would have never landed Dishwalla. And she's like, I suppose. And technically, if we hadn't vanquished a demon, your client, Chris Barker, wouldn't have abandoned his hostile takeover. The bank called and told me, Mr. Barker didn't have the stomach for gruesome stage theatrics. He's he's withdrawing his offer and Prue apologizes and Phoebe says he was supposed to help them they weren't expecting him to double cross them and she tells them it's okay she's like I mean I understand why you didn't want to hurt my feelings but you could have told me the truth and they both apologize and then Piper's saying that she's starting to realize that personal and business relationships don't mix well That's when the bell ring, and Piper goes to get it, and then Prue turns to Phoebe and is like, why were you trying to blame it all on me? And Phoebe, like, makes a face at her.
1: (laughs) It's a very cute little sister scene. Glad that everything's okay, bills-wise, and I think that she's kind of forgiven Leo for this whole situation, which seems better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it just kind of wraps up the b-plot of the episode basically about what's going on at the club and that they were hiding something from piper and now they're all good
1: right and now we are in the entryway and piper goes to open the door and it's leo and he comes in and thanks her for everything and she says just doing my job and invites him to come sit down but he says he can't and she tells him that jenny is safe and dan doesn't know that she was at the club Leo says he erased her memory about the demon or according to him made pain go made her pain go away. He said that he does that but sometimes he can't no matter how hard he tries. And he asked her if she meant what she said and she's like, "When?" And he says, "A couple of months ago when I almost died and you saved my life. I left and you said that you love me." And she's like, "Well, I thought you were gone." And he says, "Well, sometimes I linger." And she smiles at him. And he says, did you mean it? She's like, yeah, I meant it. He goes, what about now? And she says, I still mean it. And he's like, but? And she's like, but we can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. I feel like all I do is sit around and wait for you to show up. And then when you do, it's just not quite right. He says, I'm doing what I thought you wanted me to do, Piper. You're the one who didn't want me to clip my wings. She's like, and you shouldn't, not for me, but that doesn't make any of this easier for us. He says, what are we going to do? She's like, I don't know, Leo. And then the white lighter ringing noise happens when they're calling him. And she's like, go, it's okay, I understand. And they kiss, and Leo says, I'll see you. And he orbs out, and she looks away then at where he was, and it's, like, kind of sad.
0: So many ups and downs with them.
1: I know, me too.
0: I still mean it? Like, that's my... (laughs) moment
1: you know like I feel like this is also very relatable where it's like there's a lot of moments where you feel like you're having because we've seen this between them time and time again it's like so relatable when you feel like you have the same conversation over and over again but never seem to come to any conclusion Mm -hmm. like with your partner like I've been there so many times I just know the struggle of that you know
0: Yeah and I mean it's also really like hitting this idea that Piper and Leo like they have this kind of forbidden love right like Mm -hmm. we are not seeing any major like things trying to stop them from being together that might come up later but you know he did mention in season one that like white lighters are not supposed to fall in love with witches and so i think we're seeing more and more that something doesn't want them together and i wonder how that'll continue to develop throughout the season and throughout the show
1: yeah agreed i can't i can't wait to see how their situation develops i mean we've been seeing little moments like this between them all the time and sometimes it ends more positively than others but in the end we're left with this feeling of like okay but what is going to happen like we don't know
0: yeah my other question I have when that like ringing noise happens could Piper hear it or only Leo can
1: I'm assuming only Leo can because that would make sense I figure she can tell because he always like seems to look up at them when it happens
0: okay that makes sense that makes sense because I was kind of like I thought only Leo could hear it but like she's like oh like go you know what I mean yeah,
1: that's why I think she can tell because, like, he always seems to make the same kind of, like, face and, like, like why else would he be looking up like that unless they were calling him, you know? Yeah. Right. So, I don't know. That's kind of what I assumed it was.
0: All right. So then we move to our final um, scene of the episode. We're outside and we see that Dan is at his mailbox getting his mail and Piper steps out onto the porch and she looks at him and he looks over. She smiles and he smiles and waves and she turns to go inside and then peeks back out and watches him as he goes in. So I think we get the idea that there is a crush going on here.
1: So here's the thing that bothered me about that scene happening right now. You maybe maximum 15 seconds ago just had that conversation and kissed Leo and you're like eyeing this guy two seconds later like you know what I mean like that was just so weird to me
0: yeah no I totally agree and like I think the writers want us to like like this but I'm gonna try to keep an open mind but right now with the way they're setting it up where like she's still kind of in a relationship with Leo but like likes Dan like I don't love that premise
1: no me neither
0: because it also feels kind of like you know she can't be with Leo so Dan's kind of like this backup safe option or something and Mm -hmm. I don't like that I don't like using people
1: no I don't like that either I I also feel like if they're going to have Piper and Dan become something they need to make the situation between Piper and Leo a bit more clear because I get it you know Piper is going through a really weird kind of situation where it's like how is she supposed to know what to do what's supposed to happen but at the same time like you are kissing him and you are trying to work on things with him and you guys like as far as we know that's still where you guys are at so to be showing this interest right away like it it yeah, it does kind of bother me. But also he she could be kind of looking at it more like, maybe she doesn't realize that she's kind of using him. Like you know how people, when they want something, they can't or I don't know how to explain this. Like when someone has certain qualities that you've been looking for, like if you have a boyfriend who doesn't give you any attention and then this some guy comes along and starts giving you some attention. So you do feel a slight attraction to them because they're giving you what you've been missing kind of thing
0: yeah that makes sense I get what you're saying
1: like maybe she kind of feels like that and doesn't realize that that's what ha- what's happening but like Dan is cute Dan is interested and he is like geographically desirable un- which is exactly what she's missing from Leo like in mm-hmm. some ways Dan is everything he's not
0: that's true yeah I agree I got what you're saying like I said, I'm going to try to keep an open mind and see where this goes. I just wish she had a more, like, concrete breakup with Leo before something new was starting.
1: I, I agree. I feel the exact same way. Like, I didn't like that, especially, like, right when they just had that conversation, her and Leo. Like, I, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, me either. It was cute, but, you know, I'm still about my boy Leo.
0: Me too. I'm still on that team. We'll see if that shifts, but for now, that's where I'm standing. Me too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode five. She's a man, baby, a man.